Okay, what's up everyone and welcome back to Sex with Cat and Mark. And today we have Vivian Black here with us. We're going to talk about her escorting and also uh, mentoring for sex workers. So it's going to be an interesting one today. So Vivian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, thanks for coming. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> so I guess our first question is, how did you get into this? So how long ago did you start your journey to sex work and what did that involve? Um, how long ago? We're going to be showing my age a little bit. <laughs> um, so I, I've been in the industry on and off for, I think I'm coming up to my 13th year now. Oh, wow. Um, nice. the reason, yeah, the reason why I started was I was I was hungry. Like, I and like hungry for more than just food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have um, opportunity because, like, I was, you know, uh, trying to go back to, into uni. Um, I didn't have the funds to sustain living in Sydney. It's too expensive here. Like, the cost of living is insane. Um, and I just wanted to have more freedom. Like, I was, you know, working too much in a normal job and trying to do uni and trying to do, you know, everything else. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I fed my cat and it's like I have a lettuce for three days to eat. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and I ate that lettuce and I was like, mm, this is a good tasty lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Best lettuce ever. Yeah, and then day two, I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Go do something and make money. And I did and it was scary um, and I was really, really lucky that the first two gents I saw on my first night, they could tell I was fucking shitting myself and they were just like, hey, babe, it's cool. You got this. Ah, that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's sort of how I started. <laughs> I never thought about that, but always when you're on like the first day of work, you always want someone there to support you, whether that's like co-workers yeah. or anything. Like, it's scary. You're, you know, when, even something like waitressing, right? It's always nice when you get a table that he's like, look, we can tell it's your first day. It's cool. Take it. But to have clients, I've never thought about it that way. No, it's scary. Yeah. I, was even, I was scared probably my first like five or 10 clients. Yeah. I was like so nervous because I was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So did <laughs> you- no guidebook. <laughs> did you tell them, hey, by the way, you're my first client or like this is my first day or did they just pick up that you were a bit sort of nervous? I started working at an agency and I think that, you know, they called their regular clients that they sort of- That's nice. a new girl so they know, but like- Personally, I would never tell somebody it's your first time working, mm. particularly you're working on your own because I think it's a safety issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I mean, obviously, when there's people that know more about what's happening or what's going on than you do, it's like that you have the opportunity to be taken advantage of. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I was sort of blessed in that way. Uh, it wasn't typically the best agency to work for, but it was good to sort of, you know, see their clients. Yeah. <laughs> the first time yeah that, that's nice that they set you up with i guess some clients they knew they could i guess yeah, trust my you agency with, was not like that. yeah because <laughs> i've heard of girls and they're like my first the day on the agency client. they gave me exactly i've heard yeah. that story so many times about oh, girls going in i got and the client like, that no, none of the other girls wanted exactly yeah uh, which exactly. Is but you know it is good that you said to not tell people that it's your first time because i was told that as well when i first started they said exactly what you said they said do not let off that mm. it's your first time don't say yeah. that because they will try to take advantage of you because they would know more than you yeah. would know. Usually what the girls do is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they could just manipulate you. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, how would I know? Like the agencies as well manipulate um, first timers. They do. Oh yeah, <laughs> they do. And um, there's something, I mean, if anybody's getting into sex work or getting into full service, whatever, working for anybody else, um, just be aware that sometimes the people that are around you that are not um, putting your, your needs first. 
<laughs> Especially the other other girls as well. I find like I find agencies are it's different to independent work because even though you're still competing like independently, it's kind of it's not as overtly competing. Mm. Whereas I found in my agency, like I got a lot of hate from a lot, a lot of the other girls because I mean, if I got a booking and they didn't, they would yeah. not like that because they can kind of see it. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, I worked at Stilettos for a little while when I was at uni and I just had the best time when I was there. Like, I'm like, I'm making all this money, you know, study work, study work. And I never paid attention to like politics within the girls' room. I guess I'm just a bit blase. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> a good way to be, maybe. Yeah. I cannot though. imagine you working yeah. at Stilettos. That's- <laughs> I loved it. Hey, like, it was sometimes I was actually talking to another girl who's private. We used to work there together um, way back in the day. And she's like, would you go back? I'm like, do you know what? I would fucking love to. Like, just walk <laughs> in and you just, it's like shit drains. Like, you've got all the outside world is outside that building. <laughs> and the inside world is completely different. It's makeup, like, made up reality, sexy. It's red carpet, fucking great lighting. Um, and it's just, yeah, it oozes that. But then you get your money and you go home and there is, mm. like, nothing else you have to worry about. Yeah. Um, with private work, it's like any other, you know, small startup mm. business. 24 hours <laughs> admin yeah everything that you do can be scrutinized online like it becomes anxiety producing um and there's just this and that and your task list is fucking huge and i mean wouldn't it be nice just to have the shit drained away for like one night mm. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> to be able to leave your workplace yeah, yeah that, i think that's a thing that a lot of girls struggle with with the independent world it's not there, there is no off button, but it, it's not just in sex work. It's, it is exactly what you said. Anyone who owns their own business, there's no off button. You don't just not own your business one minute and then exactly. own it the next minute. Like you're always on, you're always on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning business boundaries is like one of the, one of the things I try to teach and not in terms of like, um, you know, sex boundaries or talking about that in communication. Uh, it's more about setting your own work schedule and being able to maintain that as a sustainable business. Um, a lot of people don't have the skills to do that. And, and that's like totally normal because not everybody learns how to run a business in high school, right? Yeah. Um, like normal sort of financial crap. They don't actually teach you in mathematics. <laughs> mm. um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting and I think really important to be able to set, know yourself and know what you want in your business and then, like set the goals over a longer period of time to reach them rather than being like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, burnout, um, not understanding like how to juggle all of the tables. Yeah, <laughs> of course. The, of the table, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, really common. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, as you mentioned, no one, no one's taught that, right? So you, you get out there and it sounds it, it kind of like how you got into it, right? You're like, I just need some extra money. This sounds like something that's great. And if you don't have the right guidance, you're just going to be lost. But with your journey then, so you had these two clients that were, let's say, amazing, right? Like they kind of, they warmed you into it. One, one of these like followed me everywhere. So yeah, sorry, you asked me a question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's fine. I, I just, I want to uh, continue on this journey of, mm-hmm. of your sex work uh, journey here. So you finished off your uni degree at the same time as this, or did you... Yeah, what what did you study at uni? Um, I so I studied geology and archaeology. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. What? I, I know, right? Um, <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, so I used to be a really big stoner, and <laughs> um, so you like rocks. <laughs> this is I hate rocks. Um, cool. like, 
and volcanoes. I used to just sit there and be like, wow, this is amazing. Like, oh, this is so cool, man. This- um, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to go study this. So I did. Um, did you finish it? Yeah, yeah, but I've got like, so I've finished like my geology aspect of it. Um, the archaeology side stuff I never really did anything with, like it was just that, you know, extra. Uh, and I worked in Iceland for a little while, went to the Galapagos. Um, no way. Wow. You're like yeah. actually doing this geology stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I was doing hazard mapping. So it's like, oh, hazard research and risk mitigation. Um, so we're looking at, you know, can we tell when there's going to be a volcanic eruption? How do we get all of the people out? Um, you know, so we don't have a Pompeii like soul crisis or whatever again. <laughs> and it was cool. really interesting, but um, coming back to Australia, there's like only mining. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. only, very soul destroying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go out in the middle of nowhere and you're stuck there for a while. And I mean, like, you know, you're just surrounded by all of these guys who like mm. <laughs> think that they're better than you, like being, you know, younger, younger female. Um, yeah. They don't like the, uh, the geos. They just, you know, mining guys just be the worker. Uh, see. So did you do sex work and then do that and then go back to sex work? Yeah. So when I came back, I um, came back and worked in private. So I was like, no, I'm going to go do this myself. I'm going to do it, you know, a certain way, give me the master of my destiny sort of shit. Hmm. Um, and my first six months was catastrophic. Yeah. And, and I rebranded as Vivian after. And then, yeah, there's the sort of history with that. Well, what was, what what was difficult? Before? Yeah, what was difficult about that oh. first six months? Yeah, oh, I mean, we can ask what the name was yeah, too. I don't know who you were before, Vivian. Sorry? Who, uh, what was your name before Vivian? I actually, I would prefer not to say because the no, reason why it was catastrophic <laughs> is um, I, I had a relationship. I ended up having a relationship with one of my clients who, and his wife found out and um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> out, okay. like, payment stuff, like got my name and had my work name. It was like, yeah. Oh, rush. okay. Yeah. Right. We won't so talk about that. Yeah. We won't talk about that then. What it's was your question? <laughs> yeah, no, I was wondering what was so catastrophic about okay. it, but that, there you go. That's one of the sad things about sex work, right? There's, I mean, I, I would hazard to guess that this isn't that rare of an occurrence. Oh, of, no, yeah, it happens. You know, either ex ex um, clients trying to get your details or, you know, as you said, their, their partners trying to get details and it's, yeah, it's, it's not a fun experience, I'm sure. So, so you went through a rough six months there and then sort of rebranded yourself and what happened after that? Um, so when I rebranded, I mean, like I was very lucky in the sense that I just had that brand and had already done networking. So I already had like uh, really good reviews and stuff um, come into that that brand. Uh, and when I rebranded, I carried those over and like just changed all the details that I had online, launched with a website, like launched, you know, right, like I did it um, over the few months. Um, so I had a client base uh, already followers already um i had done networking in the industry already and because of that like within the first few months of me being vivian i was face out all of a sudden and then uh on the cover of magazines oh, <laughs> oh shit doing like leg spread fucking year old awesome. so, how, did, um, how did that happen um so it was just through penthouse here and that sort of opened up a few doors for me i think like, they published me as well in the states uh, at one point oh, wow. so, oh so were you already doing modeling or did they just approach you and were like oh wow you look cool yeah i think they just started approaching escorts i think there was christine and aubrey did the covers before me and then it was my like my stuff that so yeah it was really fun oh that's cool yeah, that's, that's perfect <laughs> and so how did you get then into the business mentoring because you you also 
help we're kind of what we were yeah. just talking about, right? Sex workers coming into the industry that it's a, it's a business. And this is what I went through as well with my coaching business is I started out as a coach, coaching men. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with business. So it, it's, I'm sure a lot of girls are facing the same thing mm. where they come in and they're like, okay, this is fun. This is good money. This is what I want to do. But on the business side, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. And I guess this is where you come in, right? Yeah, so my sort of strengths, I guess, in mentoring um, and in doing coaching is uh, newbies. So having an understanding overall of like what the industry is, um, how to do like your pricing as a business and all that sort of stuff, um, and then how to create a brand market and, um, and digitally get yourself out online because I do web design and stuff as well. So yeah, cool. um, yeah, sort of like adding in those sales is my bread and butter. Like when mm. I uh, before I started um, uh, working privately. Before I did the, the geoarchaeology, I was actually a sales trainer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I was doing yeah. You're so so some I jobs. Cat in the yeah. Jobs. yeah, literally yeah. me, like yeah. massive, like twenty page resume. Yeah, oh I don't know a lot, lot there, um, but yeah, I loved it, and that was I was quite young. I was really good at it, and so mm. I felt really quickly through the company I was working at, and um, yeah, I just when I came back into doing. Uh, this is Vivian. I was like, oh, this is actually really similar to sales. And like, mm. I have like, my skills that I had and I filled the gaps I didn't have. Um, and I still am filling gaps because you're never going to know everything, right? Um, mm. But yeah, that's sort of like my strengths, uh, my strength, strong points, I should say, in coaching and mentoring. And I do get a lot of um, requests about how to do rebrands because <laughs> there are a lot of people okay. who know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I, w- I would have no idea how to yeah. do that. I think I've had the one thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not even something that I would have even thought about. So a rebrand's coming from a similar situation that you kind of came from when people are like, okay, like people have got my identity or like they're after me or or are they just like, yo, this doesn't seem to be working. I just want to completely rebrand, target a different market, um, figure out this from a business point of view. So is it more coming from like a personal crisis or like a business crisis? Yeah, that's so interesting because I couldn't imagine not being Cartier. Like who know. the fuck else would be? That's so your cat. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine not being not being yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's sort of a mixed bag. Um, hmm. There's usually some sort of I got outed identity crisis thing. Whether yeah. it's um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> old kettle of fish there. Um, but yeah, some people have like fucked up in their business and fucked up so bad that it's like a rebrand is a must because. Mm. Reputational damage is done. Um, some people do soft rebranding because they want to target new clients, um, or the way that their business is operated, it's not working for them. So, you know, they've tried to do different um, avenues of marketing and that, but that original branding uh, message that they had is still there. It's really hard to change and alter people's perception on it. Um, some people, yeah, want to just a new personality. I mean, wouldn't you want a new personality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting. Um, so let's talk about perversity. So this is a, if I'm understanding it correctly, is that your like official company that's for your mentoring? Yeah, it's about to be. So, um, I've actually had a little bit of a break from mentoring because during COVID, uh, lockdowns, I did two and a half years of free mentoring. So it was like every single day, three things a day. Oh, wow. Free mentoring. Yeah, it was, it was my gift. Yeah, you are the (laughs) MVP. That's crazy. (laughs) I was like, I just see that there was going to be so many people that you know were panicking and I was an opportunity at that time I could do it so I did it Uh, and it was sort of a little bit of market research for me as well because I got to hear about troubles and issues that I've never encountered before through different Mm. kinds different kinds of workers and their situations which is where perversity sort of came from or formulated um solidified a previous idea 
and um, took off from there. But it's not just uh, me mentoring and coaching. Perversity is actually a platform for coaches and um, entrepreneurs. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So, and that's sort of coming. Like, I've been wanting to do the huge big reveal, but there's bits and pieces that aren't really ready. And it's like, I want it to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but also there's like, there's a lot involved in it to, to unravel. So Yeah, because you've been filming with creators and workers recently. Uh, it's so exciting. So um, basically, we have an initiative in Perversity, which is PX0. PX0 is free resources available to anybody in the industry. Um, and we're doing that because we have uh, signed up to do uh, the United Nations Sustainable Business Goals, and ours is about community growth and education um, and making it accessible for you know people that are in different situations, what we are, to say. Um, so one of the resources we started creating is like a content creator kit, which goes through all of the legal documents and everything what you should expect online, uh, what you should expect going into um, content creation on set uh, with people and what is not okay because there's a lot that don't know. Like there's heaps of people coming into our industry at the moment that have no network. Do you know what I mean? So like there's basically relying on what other people are telling them, oh, you need to get this form or you need to get that form, whereas this document is uh, documentation book is basically you have use this for podcasting, you use this for whatever, all different kinds of content creation. Um, and then, uh, you know, who you can turn to when things go wrong um, is another one. So a lot of content creators don't know that they're sex workers, <laughs> uh, for one, so they do, do fall under some of the sex work groups in each state. Um, and yeah, legal help and all that. So it's a huge little toolkit there for people. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really amazing because I mean, I think the, the main thing that people I think struggle with is entering the industry and just not having any, especially if you don't have friends that are in the industry, yeah. which I get like, I, I get a few people like ask me, so they're like, oh, like I found it so hard or like I either want to break into the industry, but I don't know anyone. So mm. I don't know what to do. Um, or I, or girls who are in the industry that found it really difficult, especially the first six months when mm. you don't know anyone. So yeah, I think if there's, yeah, because as I was saying before, there is no guidebook to yeah. how to be a sex worker, exactly. but there should be one because in yeah. any other industry, they do have handbooks. They yeah. do have guidebooks. There are people you can go to, but our industry, it's, we, we don't have that. So, but I mean, it all has to start somewhere. Right. But so yeah, yeah that's really good. A lot of other industries also have codes of conduct, whereas mm. ours and it's sort of something that um, Perversity wants to really tackle with the community aspect and the community app that we have um, is adhering to a professional code of conduct. So, like, if you do have an altercation with another worker, let's just say, um, not to go onto social media. <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's the number one thing in our yep. industries. Everyone just publicly hates everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, um, I've got a really, like, Mm, uh, like hardcore point sort of want to deliver through perversity that is um sexual health information in this industry is a bit wishy-washy um there are a lot of resources and stuff online that have the incorrect information in it a lot of incorrect information getting circulated between people ostracizing of people that have you know something like hpv um it's just it's horrible and doxing people online is <laughs> with their sexual health status is something that's becoming increasingly like problematic and um that's where our code of conduct sort of tackles that yeah, doxing of someone I, that should be illegal like honestly <laughs> well, it should yeah. be well yeah. yeah and i mean especially 
even just around the shame of STIs, right? Uh, mm. I think that's something that needs to be addressed a lot more. And I know that <clears throat> I know there are a lot of organizations out there, and even like Instagram pages that I've seen recently that are promoting the idea of okay, there are going to be people that have STIs. It doesn't mean that they're like some riddled disease person that you can have sex with or some shit like mm. this, right? Like there's a lot of shame that carries around it. As you said, HPV, even things like uh, HSV. So yeah. I, I think as well, information around that for people that are new to the industry, because these are the people that are coming up and mm -hmm. are going to be the culture moving forward. So I think the people coming up, if you can get them these free resources, which is amazing, have a platform where they can actually get in contact if they want paid help as well, like extra coaching or whatever it might be, I think will actually change the culture of the community moving forward as well. So I think that's a, a great place to start. One of um, my goals uh, in life, I guess, doing advocacy is I've, I've run into a lot of stigma just for work in general, you know, trying to do anything like getting bank account, <laughs> getting bank account accessible again, um, just because I'm a sex worker. Hmm. Uh, and I believe that changing social stigma starts within changing the community and currently how we all interact with one another. So having um, some sort of set boundaries and process to help, you know, uh, get rid of uh, conflict and situations and stuff is really important. Um, but yeah, with the with the STI stuff though, like I mean, there there really is a lot of concerning misinformation about um, quite a lot of stuff in this industry. So having a resource that's verified by experts, which is mm. what we're doing, um, is really important. That's <laughs> yeah, that's for amazing. sure. Um, you were actually doxed recently yourself, weren't you? Um, I've been uh, quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. yeah. Do, do you want to chat about that and maybe because uh, to be honest, that's uh, look. I wouldn't say it's my biggest look. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm so I was actually so Vivian and I were actually literally just speaking about yeah. this the other day. Um, when I seen it on her story that she got docs and I was like, oh, like I'm thinking of telling my family, like, should I wait for it to just come out yeah. or should I tell them myself? So that was, that was the first That's question that I thing. had for Vivian. I literally went up to her, I was like, yeah. oh, what do I do? Uh, so do you want to just tell like everyone who's listening? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, well, what do you question. do? What advice do you have for everyone else with that same question? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I've actually been put in situation or, or docs, I guess, quite a few times in quite a few different scenarios. Um, Family-wise, the, the story that I had the other day on my Instagram uh, with people in my family finding out and all of them having their own little thing about it without actually confronting me mm. <laughs> about the situation. Um, I've had it happen in university as well. With class found out that I was working and I got berated by my lecturer in front of everybody. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, that was – I was like, oh. Added your lecturer said something in front of everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. in an academic up. institution, they're usually very open-minded at universities. Yeah. What the fuck? That's fucked not up. the geology department. Then, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe, <laughs> not, maybe not there. They're pretty old school. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I fucked up the presentation and I fucked it up because I didn't understand the question, right? And I yeah. did my presentation, and my my lecturer was like, "Well, maybe if you didn't get involved in your extracurricular activities." And, no. and I was like, "Get fucked." And there. I just froze. I was like, oh, my God. Everyone was looking. I've never I've never felt like that in all of my life. Like, literally, just I want to be invisible right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bright red and I want to be invisible. And I just walked straight out and I cried all the way home. And I cried for, like, two days and hid in my bed with my cat. Oh, no. It was really, really horrible. Mm. Um, I've had it as well at a high school reunion. <laughs> that would have been interesting. That would have been what a bit funny, but... <laughs> Yeah, so like it's been quite a few times um, I've encountered that, and I guess my only advice um, is that 
when you come out to anybody as a, as a worker, um, if you sort of think about it like uh, you're in the closet, right, with that coming out in the closet terminology for, um, for gay people. And when you pull somebody into your closet, like you have to be wary that they then have to talk about what's in that and the perception of it to other people for you, whether you want them to or not. So, um, you know, I told my best friend when I first started working that I was working, I was like, please don't tell anybody. But we had another friend in our circle, like our three of us, and I didn't want her to know because she wasn't my best friend, right? Mm. Um, but it ate my best friend up. Like she was like, I can't be honest with her when she's talking to me about you. I don't want you to come up in conversation. It became a conflict. And she ended up ditching me to not have to tell her mm. friend what was going on. Um, and in other circumstances, when you look at it like that, people will tell the person or other people because they still want you in their life. So um, you've got to be wary that, you know, if you're asking somebody to lie for you, it does take a toll. That's like one thing. It's a big request to ask somebody, right? Um, the other thing is that uh, there are people in your life that seem to be really important right now <laughs> and they're not. Like they're, they're comer, comers and goers. Um, so if you are facing and you are worried about discretion, be be sure who you're telling is somebody that you want to be around for a while or that you're okay with having, you know, X amount of information. And just because you're telling somebody that you're working does not mean you have to give them other details. So you don't have to tell people who you are. You don't have to justify yourself by talking about how much you earn. You don't have to, um, you know, show your website or your photos or whatever because it's just giving people extra information that can be detrimental further down the track. So that's probably my tip. No, that's great advice. <laughs> did, did your family, did you tell them before they found out or they found out and then you kind of explained more or how, how did that work exactly? My family is like really, really good with denial. So it's like <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so my dad, he didn't know uh, at all. And I was so sure that he knew because I was like, how can he not? Like we have this unspoken sort of connection. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and he had no fucking clue. And I was like, man, I must be really good at lying to you. <laughs> and he um, not hurtful, but he's like, you know, I love you. Uh, I need to go and, and debrief. Like, mm. Figure, figure out what this is. And he came back in a few days and he was starting to ask me questions. And I was like, you've got no fucking idea. Oh, <laughs> what really? are you talking about? He's like, so you mentor. Um, so what does like the pimps on the other corner think about that? <laughs> 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 what do the pimps on the other corner? That like, is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, your dad's like, imagining some guy with a cane walking yeah, around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like another right? guy with a cane on the other side of the street. That is funny. His is incorrect. And, and we've done some education with him on that, which is fine. Uh, my mum, on the other hand, she knew uh, well before this, and mm. has, this is where the denial, magic yeah. denial, magic story comes in. Um, so she knew, she saw a person I used to date um, on a television program who's also a sex worker, mm. and she's like, hey, oh, my God. So she went onto their Twitter, and I was promoting them, they were promoting me. So it's like yeah. I was all over that, and she's like, oh. <laughs> she put her phone down, and she forgot about it, basically. Yep. Shock. She's like, that I mean, didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Just flips the phone over. It was like four years ago now, I think. So she came to visit me when I was in Melbourne. And I have this Dita Von Tees book um, from when she did her like tour down here a few years ago. And in the front half is signed to my personal name. And the back half is signed to Vivian. So it's like, I just flip it over. Hmm. Um, 
And I forgot to flip it when she was there. So she picked it up and she's like, oh, my God, you are really in black. She's like slammed the door. She's like, ah! <laughs> so she was thinking there was a Vivian Black out there that just looks like you? Is that? Yeah, no, <laughs> like she just. I don't, she's just no, no that kind great. of half happened to me. So there was a photo of me posted on a creator's Instagram that like I collabed with, right? right? And my friend had him on Instagram and she sent me the picture. She goes, fuck this guy girl. girl looks like you. Dude, do you know how many of our friends where we started this podcast was like, that girl looks like your friend. And I was like, no, that, that, is, that, is, that is the friend. That's her. That's, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think if it, it's sometimes just out of people's reality, so much that yeah, it's hard but, to grasp. That it could possibly right? be, yeah, be you or me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just out of their reality because for us, it's normal. For us, like this is what we see all the time. But as you said, for your parents, like your dad's imagining like a, a pimp from the movie in like 1960s or something. Like it's, it's hard to grasp if you're not in that space, I think. So, yeah. Okay, well, like I was on the cover of like magazines with my legs spread, right? Like all over this fucking. Um, you know, when you used to walk into petrol stations and they have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now my uncle owns a petrol station and I was like, oh, there's no way that he doesn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> my assumption would be like, surely. Everyone knows. Yeah. No. Especially when you're in lingerie and scantily dressed, people, like it's, people don't, and then people might see you in like pajamas or whatever. You don't kind of put two and two together when you don't, if, maybe if you rocked up to a family dinner in like lingerie, they'd be like, yeah, oh, okay. Exactly. They're not but used you don't, to seeing you seeing you in that way so they wouldn't yeah. even know yeah. i think and i think they want to just ignore it as you said like the ignorance is yeah, sometimes they're probably bliss, like, oh, yeah, right? she looks like, a bit like her but i mean she's well, wearing laundry so yeah, that be her. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't wear laundry she was pajamas yeah. let's go uh, we do have some questions from the audience so uh yeah vivian uh very graciously earlier today put up like an anonymous little chat oh, box perfect. thing right, like so it. we did a, i'm just checking if there's any more new ones right, well, i'll read these in. and uh <laughs> yeah the questions from the audience yeah yeah at the bottom. and you can check if there's any more no Why i, I did i did just say attitude? Oh. okay well sorry i won't steal your notepad then never touch cat's notepad okay she's i know i was worried for a second i was like please don't know um okay so first one uh, do you want to talk about international travel? So I did one of the questions from the audience was curious about, uh, yeah, how like how do you how do you even tour internationally? What advice would you have to somebody who wants to tour internationally? Um, okay, I get asked this all the time, and it, my answer sort of depends really on where you were looking at traveling. Um, but I guess in general, like general sort of advice would be to check the laws first. Like you need to know that where you're going, it's not like you know death penalty. Yeah. <laughs> and um like and not just what the laws are but what the consequences are because i think a lot like our you know uh consequences for things that are related around sex work are not as big as somewhere like just say in the middle east so you need to know what the consequences are um need to do the research on um where you can go to if there is a problem uh support people that you can call um, and all that sort of stuff first <laughs> before you decide if you're going to go internationally. Um, and start looking online and having a look for um, the consistency of where other people that you know that are traveling internationally are advertising because there are a lot of like dodgy sites, a lot of dodgy sites. Um, and yeah, that's sort of <laughs> where I would start. Um, yeah, I don't know really how to answer that one without going like too into detail about certain places, which I can't do. But 
Yeah. Are there any um, community groups for escorts that are traveling, for example? Like, are, are there any Facebook pages or anything like There's that? There's Twitter. Or just Twitter, essentially, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if you can find someone that has been there, I think that's probably going to be your best yeah. In the perversity community, we do have a, like a, a travel touring um, group in that. Oh, which, nice. Yeah, it's not just location based, so it's like a, it's a generalized group um, because in the platform, people can make their own groups. So it's like just sort of the heading one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of uh, aimed at, you know, things like understanding where you can get accommodation and things like that, tips and tricks and all perfect. that. Um, there are actually quite a few. Uh, hidden <laughs> resources for workers. So if anybody is listening to this who would like or need uh, safety advice, um, hotel accommodation, travel advice, and all that, you can get in touch with me and I can point you to those resources that are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't really talk about them too much here. <laughs> okay. Mm. Perfect. Uh, the next question that we had from the audience is, we've got three questions. Okay, so second one is, uh, what what can I do as a sex worker about a stalker client? Oh, um, yeah, okay, that's scary. Uh, so have you ever had one, firstly? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have. Which one this week? I have I've had, I've had one uh, stalker client. I've had a stalker client's wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes and sense. And I've had a, a PR troll. So that's- a PR? Yeah, she was trolling me um, online. That's where the whole uh, Sebastian Page thing came from. Um, (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some peers in this industry are a bit, Mm. a bit catty. So um, this was pretty intense. So for me, like I was getting emails about we're going to rape and murder you, like when you're going overseas and all that. Jesus Christ! It was pretty, and it was like four or five years. Is enough to make you go crazy. Um, okay, what what can you do? Uh, so it depends um, for this person who's asked whether or not they're worried about it being online or cyber or whether it's physical in person. Um, and keep in mind that even if it is online and cyber, it can be either or and you not know. Um, if it is somebody that's directing stuff to you online, the first thing you want to do is go to like the Cyber Security Australia websites, have a look at how you can report that. Um, call your telco company and all that and have documentation of who's called you and when. Um, if it's more physical and it's somebody who's following you, like uh, offence is the, de- the best defence, right? So it's like uh, if you can, if you're driving to work, let's just say like you go work in-house, don't drive, get an Uber. Um, you want people to be able to follow you, you know, home or get your number plates and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you have somebody to talk to that's, like you're able to ex- like express everything that's going on in your concerns, um, do that. We're more than welcome to talk to you know your coaches and your mentors and stuff in the industry, like myself, um, uh, and things like uh, people like Swap and Scarlet Alliance are also really good to go to. Uh, I would say you probably want to do that before going to the police because there are some things that do come up that you might you know not be wary of or how they're going to speak to you, which could really impact. Um, your confidence of taking stuff forward. So, and that I only say that if you're not in like immediate danger. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're in immediate danger, call triple zero all the time. Um, but yeah, trying to not communicate or acknowledge them is what I've tried to do <laughs> the best to, uh, to my ability in the past. Um, 
it doesn't necessarily work though. So there's so much different advice, you know what I mean? It really depends more on what the situation is, but just know that you're not alone and there are people in the industry. It does happen um, a lot. Uh, if you need to talk to anybody, you're more than welcome to come to me. Um, but yeah. So I don't really know how to answer that. No, that's a, that's a great answer, actually. No, it's it super so. helpful. Well, uh, you said about the police. Um, mm. So are you saying if, if you go to them, they're not as cooperative as maybe you'd hope they'd be? Is yeah. that what you're implying? Yeah. So, um, like, yeah, not implying, flat out say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was going through my issue with being online trolled and cyber stalked and all that, um, I also had, like, data breaches. So I had all of my information and everything was online. Uh, and this is going back five five years ago now before covid so police had no fucking idea what i was talking about mm, yeah. <laughs> they were like what is this crazy bitch on about Do you know what i mean just mm. because you're a sex worker it's okay it's probably just a jilted wife or something in yeah. the meantime i'm getting you know six seven messages just while i'm there trolling me, asking me what my location is, um, talking about what I'm wearing. Like, do you know what I mean? Really scary sort of shit after a while. Um, and the whole emails, like, we're going to kidnap and rape you. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Like, I was like, am I being intimidated? Is somebody yeah. just trying to come with me? Is it real? Like, do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, of not. course. So I yeah, spoke to the police on five, I think, separate occasions where I went in. I had all of this documentation. Mm. I was, I need help. And they just wouldn't. Like, first it was they didn't, like, police don't understand cybersecurity, <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, but also, because I'm a sex worker, I just added an extra layer of, like, we'll just go away. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's crazy. They don't have to deal with me. Uh, with physical stalking stuff, it is hard in general to get somebody to be able to help you prove that or to step in because, it ha like, stalking itself is really difficult to to prove, right? Um, unless you're getting calls all the time from them without changing the number and stuff like that, where you can then go for the harassment sort of side of stuff. It's actually really, really difficult to get, like there is no uh, you know, criminal conviction unless there's a crime that they can see that's happening. So people intimidating you and all that is quite difficult to, to get the ball rolling on. Um, and having information about that or information from, um, you know, legal stuff, like legal people within Swap and Scarlet Alliance for how to go about getting some action for you is, uh, I think, really important. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. It's, yeah. It, yeah, you think you think the, like, yo, if if someone you know is getting messages like we're going to rape and kill you and stuff, you'd think you'd say, okay, go straight to the police. They'll, like, take this very seriously. But to mm. hear that wasn't the case for you is kind of shocking for me. Yeah, well, I guess there's still stigma, which I yeah, guess is something that exactly. you actively try to to you know yeah to, to speak up about because like i mean yeah and especially maybe maybe it's there is still stigma now but especially yeah five ten years ago when sex work and this is before OnlyFans. so i'll be honest i think only fans and the whole online kind of creator thing i think that kind of made it a little bit more normal but before only fans it was not as mm. normalized as it is now and there was yeah. real big stigma about it and yeah. i mean it wasn't just police i think it was kind of most people that yeah. would stigmatize I us I disagree with you with that. I don't think that stigma is any different at all. Um, I think that uh, people have content creators more in their face, but then a lot of people, even content creators themselves, don't think that they're sex workers. Do you know what I mean? Um, but in the places where it really matters, like uh, legal change and policy and, um, you know, anti-discrimination laws and banking and all that sort of stuff, nothing has changed. 
So it's it's really sort of the same same. Um, hopefully soon <laughs> yeah. we might we might win some ground, or more ground, I guess, on that um, those situations because they really are life impacting. Um, mm. Like I know for me last year having to go through that financial discrimination with my bank almost killed me, like literally. Mm. Um, 160 days, no business banking, nothing, no accountability on their behalf. It's really yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll pop some of those resources you mentioned um, up in the in the description as well. So if if anyone is facing anything you mentioned, right, uh, if they feel like they're getting stalked, I think it's important to feel like there are people out there that can actually help you that will take you seriously as well. So we'll pop some of those up there and. Can I think you have one more yeah, question? Yeah, there is one more question from the audience, which is, so it's it's about like a identity and like fake profiles. So uh, this this um, question is, yeah, have you ever had like a fake profile or your identity stolen? And what advice would you give to people who have had fake profiles? Because that that that's becoming so common now. I'm seeing There's, on Twitter and Instagram yep. just in the last like couple weeks, so many girls are having fake or oh, fake ads. Well, I've even had fake ads of me oh, put up. Wow. But I know it was like, but so it was so random. There's so many things that people will like use your photos for there's a lot of bots now actually so all those fake instagrams a lot of those are bot generated it's why just AI like creating I don't, don't, even, so, don't even understand yeah, insane. so i'm um, sure you've had it happen oh yeah i've had my entire website cloned made a domain with like one letter missing so it's like somebody misspelled it oh. it's, it's proper scammer shit right yeah, so it is, yeah. like a merchant payment facility and everything in there and it was really bad. It was really easy to get taken down, though. Um, okay, so you, yeah, I've actually got a few resources I could send you guys to. Look yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had fake fans accounts. I've had fake ins. Like, it's always a fake fake Instagram fans. What is a fake fan account? Yeah, so like somebody was using my stuff from when I used to do content creation, like years and years ago. It's like they downloaded it, created a fans account, and then was selling my content. What? <laughs> 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 like. Okay. Yo, uh, yeah, so, and always with the photos stuff. Like, there's always scraper sites and stuff that are always taking your shit. Mm. Um, anything that's like on Google, like that's actually quite easy to get taken down if you understand um, Google's DMCA and mm. uh, takedown processes. If you can find out server, like who's hosting websites and all that, you can contact them directly. It usually takes them like 48 hours, maybe 24 hours. Um, to get a response at least and get action done with things like fake Instagram accounts and that's actually quite difficult because uh, your face unless it's in your name right it's really hard to say this is definitely me yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> a tough one yeah. yeah I never thought about it that way but yeah. yeah that's yeah. so true because you just have a handle so it's like how do we know that you are at you know spicy boy or yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah I have no idea you spicy boy right <laughs> yeah. um, like creating a network of your own branding with social proof is probably the best way to counteract all of that. So um, having you know, a links page with all of your links, um, having a website is really important for that. Uh, making sure you have consistency with your branding matches like your social media profiles um, helps you make a case to say, this is me rather than that fake account over there and getting them taken down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So essentially, yeah. So having everything branded the same, so you can say this isn't my real name, but it's also the name I'm using with Twitter, Facebook, my website, my OnlyFans, this, this, and that. So it's a lot easier then to to claim that it's you, I guess. 
You can also ask photographers, like if it's their photo that they've taken, they still own copyright on that. Um, so they can actually go in and ask for it to be removed. Uh, oh, that's perfect. interesting. Cool. All right. So, yeah, we'll pop maybe uh, some info about that up on the description as well too. All right. Cool. <laughs> Um, well, I think that's that's yeah. kind of it from the yeah. questions. But maybe Perfect. before we before we end things, uh, do you have uh, I don't know anything else you want to say or like any advice you want to give? What's like your message to anyone who might be listening? Anything important? Um, oh my god, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's okay, we got time. <laughs> okay, um, I might go the sentimental route. I think with answering that, I just want everybody to know. Like whether they're new or not in this industry, if you're feeling lost or um, overwhelmed or anything like that, to know that you're not by yourself, um, that there are a lot of people in our in our industry that are, you know, I've been speaking to that the world's changing. It's all you know different online compared to how it used to be when we used to work you know, a few years ago, um, and feeling like they're not keeping up or not being able to to get the best out of their brand and their job anymore. Um, you're not by yourself, and there are so many resources coming online for you. Um, to help you there is you know, groups that are being formed to help you and um yeah just get in touch like if you if you need any anyone to point you to these i'm more than happy to be a girl perfect <laughs> thank you so much and what's the best way people can contact you or or getting get in touch with your resources um, i've got three uh sort of online businesses i guess but if you want to contact me directly um i'm always uh vivian black x twitter instagram i just got tiktok Hey, oh, let's go. Yeah, so I've got those. Uh, I've also got my website, vivianblackvip.com, um, also symbiodesign.com and um, perversityx.com, which is going to launch soon, guys. Ah! Yeah, very Perfect. excited for Perversity. Yeah. I might need to check out some of these little chat groups or whatever. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> all right, well, Vivian, thank you so much for coming on. It was good chatting with you. I'm sure everyone got a lot out of this and we'll pop up all those resources and links down below. And uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers. All righty, there we go.